This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. But this is the first of our honeymoon series. I am not actually here and you are not actually watching this live. So those that are throwing in questions into the chat box as this is going to premiere. So there will still be a live chat box running whilst the show is there. I can only apologize that I am plainly just ignoring you um but i'm not i am away right now but this is the first of what is going to be a series of pre-recorded shows that are going to be going out i'm hoping for as many days as possible there may be one show that i do in mauritius the only reason why i'm saying that is because today as we record this now on monday the 12th of september we found out the brentford game is actually going ahead so I may end up doing a reaction to that out there if I can sneak away for 10 to 15 minutes. I'm sure I can. It's a pretty big hotel. She won't find me if I just sneak away and talk about Arsenal for 15 minutes at some point. Um, But actually, the game goes ahead about two hours after we land. So it's going to be a case of trying to rush her, saying that there's like kind of, you know, there's like a welcome event or something like that. They've got to get to the hotel by four o'clock local time when actually it's just so I can watch the Arsenal game. I'm just such a lovely husband. Let's introduce you my guests for today's show. I'm first of all joined by Magic Mike. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? I'm doing well. I'd just like to say RIP to uh, Tom's marriage. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anyone else I would be saying that to, but uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this, this is the beginning of the end, folks. And um and you're here to witness it. I am in the chat right now, probably, unless I just didn't probably bother. Wake, in, yeah. Unless I just didn't bother waking up at, at six a.m. Uh, for uh, or whenever this is airing. But uh, but so if you well, when do you, you know, think it's airing, Mike? When do I air shows? What time uh, is it going to be? Uh, that would be eight a.m. And I oh, yeah, I actually might be up. And uh, if you put questions into the chat, I will certainly answer them on behalf. And with the full blessing of Thomas Canton Jr. Yes, as long as you behave yourself, you can be my admin for the day. That oh, well, okay, move that might not work out. Your fee gets no higher though uh, than the the zero that it is. Uh, but there you go. Um, let's bring in uh, our next guest, the other half, or who is when I say half, I kind of mean like seventeen percent of the Gunas Pod. It's Andy. How are you doing, Andy? You good? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? 
I'm very well. I say 17%, not because you feature so little, but because there's just now so many people that are on the Gooners pod. 17% is probably about accurate. You actually did the maths, because that is 17% is one-sixth if you round Mike it up. It's actually the That's mental. He hands out seats to our podcast like it's Willy Wonka walking around. Hey, if you want your pod to just crumble while you're away on your honeymoon, don't let him be your ad. Or no, let him be your admin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tempted. I could actually make him a genuine admin of the channel i think i might go too far i don't know if i can relinquish that much control you, you've recently seen me uh respond to being bestowed with responsibility um and uh you know mm. that i can pull it off i just need about eight months of preparation yes the admin power gets to your head because i block <laughs> my curs when he's on our pod in the group in the in the comment section he just picks his hand up and it's like you're gone <laughs> What we did, what we did, of course, was we did uh, the live show uh, in North. I say, I kept saying North London. It's like North East, East, East kind of London. Yeah, um, and uh, the Ridley Road Social Club with with your fine self hosting, of course. So I was very kindly invited alongside Sophie and Harry and FK and James Bench um, to do that. It was an amazing event. But Mike literally wrote more words than I've written for Football London since I arrived at the company um, in preparation for that live event. That was I invited, I invited you into it, my. It was like little little slips of paper with <laughs> just it was like nine, page, it was nine pages which i which about an hour before i cut into little things because i didn't want you to make a comment about how i had a book with me so i turned them into little like card type of things and um and you know you it's a little not in for my wedding speech like genuinely <laughs> i i come across as the person who would just like have the least preparation for anything in the world but now you've been invited into my process and 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 I think uh, I, I think you could say that it that it worked. Mike, you over prep so much; it's like you've under prepped. <laughs> I, I go all around. If I were if I were it's a full circle, it's like you know when you screw the cup of milk but... and it goes so far, you're tightening it; it actually untightens itself. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> anyway, let's finish uh, today's panel uh, with, of course, a fine friend of the show. It's been a while. You may not be able to see his face because he's just so lazy he doesn't want to put a camera on. It's Drew. How you doing, Drew? You good? You well? No, we can tell the truth. I'm, I'm working. So <laughs> hey, look, We did this pre-recorded so you could... Why are you working on a working. Sunday morning? This is the, it's like 3 a.m. where you are. <laughs> he's committed yeah, to no. company, man. I, uh, I am good, though. It's good to, to be back with you guys. And every time I'm on with Mike and Andy, they remind me that I always miss them because the antics are always hysterical pre-record. So <laughs> it's good to be back with them both. So. Indeed, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, TGC After Dark will never happen because I value my career. <laughs> this could have been I, one of the tables at your wedding had you guys not been, you know, uh, had stuff. So, um, you know. I mean, yes, you had. Uh, I mean, Andy was officiating another way. As, as excuses go not to come to weddings, that's pretty good, you know. Yeah, no, it was a good one. And I'm sorry I missed it. I truly am. Um, I, I will say that uh, in the little pre lead up to this, like two hours ago, uh, Mike and I were going at each other pretty hard. And I just love how just Tom continues other conversations while Mike and I are being eight year olds. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of learned to. Uh, you remember I was a teacher, so I can That's just true. switch off <laughs> from petulant children <laughs> bickering. Yes, I could do it fairly easily. Anyway, yeah. um, as always, when Mike and Andy, less so Drew, although his answers are lengthy enough anyway, that usually we get to six minutes before we 
we start main content. Um, they're the three guys that get to bully on my shows, which I appreciate. Um, I have too much respect for all of our other guests that come on. Um, but uh, we we obviously do end up starting these shows about six or seven minutes into the actual introduction. But the reason why we're doing this show, of course, on the morning of the Brentford game is to kind of look back at the season thus far. We're going to talk about all the successes, the failures, and, of course, some of the problems that we faced mainly in the last week because of postponements and what that might mean for the future as well. But Mike, just as we kind of get the raw reactions to use some TGC terminology, um, what have you made of the season thus far and why are we top of the league somehow? <laughs> you know, it's crazy because as as great as everything was a couple of weeks ago, I, whether it's the capitulation against Manchester United, whether it's the, you know, which can be argued was was either bad luck or naivety rather than poor play, uh, whether it's just the the storm of 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 uncertainty about situ you know the the postponements and and the the fixture congestion and what will and won't happen, it feels like we're in crisis mode again. But I mean, we literally are top of the league right now, and the one game that we lost, I don't think was down to you know just finally coming up against good opponents because and, and and the first five weren't it was just you know old trafford away and and perhaps some naivety perhaps a couple moments of madness uh you know playing uh too high a defensive line and not respecting what what their individual players can do so i don't think we were even the worst team in that so you know this season so far has been a smashing success in my eyes uh i mean you we've we've carried the momentum from the summer which can often be deceiving. You know, the summer can flat. Uh, what is it? Flatter to deceive. Flatline. Or oh, flatter to deceive. Yeah. I was gonna say flatline. That's very different. <laughs> yeah, so things, yeah, flat, although, if you were flatlining, you would be flattering to deceive. Uh, but Life. yeah, it's 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 really just continued, and it's hard to say. It's not a not a reality to this team. I mean, the the turning the corner thing is something I always get cautious to to apply to this team because just when you think we have we show our night you know we show our our inexperience and we show the the mentality just somehow comes out strange and we lose a game to everton so maybe it's good that the game was postponed last week but um i don't know i mean i'm excited about every time we play coming up and that appears to be in a few you know in a few hours against brentford Mm. And uh, and I'm excited unless something happened recently uh, to change that. But I no, I I think we have a shot to win every single game that we're in, and um, and it's exciting right now. Andy, you are muted. I assume that was at some point to kind of follow on from the excitement of Mike. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I was talking to uh, I obviously my five year old's in a football league, and one of the dads was like saying to me, "We haven't played anyone yet," and he's a Liverpool supporter, and I was just like. I get that, but Palace took points off of, of like, what, what was it, Pool? Villa took points off of City. Um, Fulham took points off of Liverpool. And I'm like, these aren't easy matches. Like, granted, mm -hmm. we played the teams in front of us, but, you know, to Mike's point, like, they're easy matches, but there's other, they're, they're tough teams to play. And I feel like in the United match, it's nice to leave, like, it's nice to lose and think, well, Arsenal beat themselves there. It wasn't like United played us off the pitch. It wasn't like there were moments where you're like, oh, God, we're regressing. It was like, no, we had that, and we messed up. We beat ourselves. Um, and it's just so exciting to be an Arsenal supporter right now. I love it. 
Mm. Yeah, it is. Like you genuinely look forward to the next game, which has been unfortunately taken away from us a little bit this week in particular, and it's been a right pain. Um, he, he loves it so much that he's actually podcasting every once in a while. Mm, I know it breaks the mold. Uh, he's eventually going to get so bored of those little jibes. <laughs> maybe. No, maybe. no. It's if anything, I'll get bored of of hers, Jared Owen, and Aston first, and that's why I won't pod. <laughs> Mike's just standing out there on the precipice as just a bastion of hope to return to podcasting. Um, <laughs> Drew, I mean, for well, before I actually go to Drew, but when you started that answer, Andrew, and you said you were talking and then you mentioned your five-year-old, in my mind, I thought you were going to go through and say, I was talking to my five-year-old about some of the tactical masterclasses of Mikel Arteta. <laughs> he was coming back at me, going, challenging me on all these points. But yeah, maybe one for the future, that's for sure. You're on mute though if you're replying though. I can see you talking. You're not you're not the only fetus that knows how to talk about football. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was gonna say, you know, he is a tactical genius. So we, we played this weekend, we won ten nil, he scored five of the goals, and one of the dads legitimately came over and said, How do I get my son to be as good as yours? And I'm like, They're five. He doesn't even track back to defend. He just stands there and like does a roly poly or a cartwheel. I'm like, That's how he scores the goals with cartwheels and roly poly. <laughs> should have given him a recipe that was so ridiculous. Like, you know, I should have. Yeah. Just. I mean, five five goals in one game. I mean, I don't think Brooke Notton Cuffey was scoring that amount of goals. You know, I think he talked about saying that he scored at right back like a ridiculous number of goals. I mean, I feel like you need to start putting pressure on your little one, Andy. You know, it, it could be a I future. probably should. Three of those did come from defense. 4v4, small field. As in, so he dribbled all the way from the defense. Uh, how, many, how many goalies? Zero? No, yeah, there's no goals at this age. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no respect at all. It's all gone. <laughs> It'll never make it. Um, true, true. Just bring this conversation back around to reality a little bit. And, and obviously, what we've seen as a difference from this season to the start of last season is, you know, such a drastic change in form, in uh, kind of ambition, in dominance, in the way that we play, uh, in quality. How much credit does Mikel Arteta and Edu deserve in terms of a squad-building aspect to how we've started this season? I mean, I think they deserve the bulk of it, obviously. Um, for me, it's always... I think we've we've finally gotten rid of the notion that we want Band-Aid players. I think we made that clear as well, uh, as close to the end of the window when a lot of fans were still saying, we know we need a winger, we need a center midfielder, and while you can highlight the fact that we might have need one or two in before the window closed they made it clear that they didn't just want to bring in anybody. You know, uh, they had to fit the mold, uh, the transfer agreement for the type of player we want to bring in. Um, it also seems like we're now going back to targeting players that already have permanently experience so they can have a better chance of hitting the ground running as well. These are all things that you like to see. It shows that they have kind of narrow, narrowed down and honed in on uh, exactly what they're trying to achieve, how they want to achieve it, and they don't want to really compromise that. That's important as well. You do need some kind of flexibility uh, in terms of how you build your squad, what's available. Sometimes you take a gamble on a player that might that might not take all the boxes, but if there's some quality there, obviously, you want to maybe go for it. Um, but for me, this is kind of one of the things that you, if you look at, <laughs> if you're not someone like Barcelona, obviously, um, if you look at other clubs that are really, really well run, but also still, uh, fight for silverware. This is kind of one of the hallmarks of what they do. You know, Bayern, even Real Madrid, to an extent, how they've brought in uh, Shuameni and Kamavinga in two summers, and the, were fine with shipping out Casemiro off the back of that. So they had some sort of plan they thought it through. So when you see that with us, 
it's encouraging. And I think we're reaping the benefits of that as well. Um, not everything is perfect at the moment, obviously. And I do get frustrated at people uh, already getting, you know, aggravated just the fact that we lost to United and I can understand mm -hmm. that. But we're top of the league for a reason. We're grinding out results that I don't think we would have gotten last season or the year before. These are all things that you can point to to say that we're still progressing and, and that we're at that point now where I think we should, without question, be challenging for a uh, top three place for me. So it's, it's good to see for sure. Like Andy said, it's, it's exciting going every weekend when there's this anticipation. We haven't had that for a while. That's good to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just the, the buzz in the Emirates in particular is just something like that we've never seen in, in such a long time. I mean, when I was at Old Trafford, I know, Mike, you were there too, you know. The, the noise from the away fans. I know our away fans have always been stunning, but they were just unreal. Like, even at the point where we were 1-0 down, they were out singing the Old Trafford, you know, and when we got the goal, you know, it just it just took off. Um, I mean, yeah, Drew it, mentioned... It, it was, it, it was of, of the away games that I've been to, it, I mean, other than maybe a Champions League away in, in, in Athens, um, this was by far the loudest crowd. I mean, it's, and, and, you know, again, going down, we went down against palace uh, and, and the crowd supported, we went down further against palace, the crowd supported, but it's, mm. it, it thinned out. It thinned out. Um, this game against in the, in the you know, three nil away defeat last season. Yeah. I mean it, but even at the end, there were still people supporting Mikel Arteta in, in, in stark contrast to the five year earlier nightmare oh, with, yeah. the, with the year not fit to wear the shirt. So, you know, you can see the evolution of the of, of the fan base both at home and away. And and I have to say, Manchester, the Old Trafford was an incredible experience. Disappointing sucker punch way for the game to end, but an incredible show from the away fans. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. No. A little, no. A little adversity isn't gonna isn't gonna turn the fans at this point. And and that's the credit that's been built up by this club so far. Andy Drew mentioned the you know maybe some of the, the the criticism that came after the United game. You know we played Brentford later on today, um, and uh, they beat United four 0 We lost to United three one. We're losing seven one apparently today. <laughs> that's, that's how football works. Um, <laughs> you know, imagine if we actually go on and do that. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Um, but how do you feel as though the United defeat after five brilliant wins? will impact how we are because we've seen the you know we've seen the uh kind of the response against Zurich and it wasn't and I know that we made a lot of changes but we didn't we didn't play amazing you know by any means and even no. when we brought on Saka and Erdegaard and Jesus things didn't drastically change either so do you feel as though <coughs> them, there is a concern that they may be a, a hangover from that defeat into this Brentford game still no because to the point I said before I feel like we are like we didn't we weren't played off the pitch. We weren't, you know, we played well. We just, we had some bad luck. And yeah, so I think as, as the team progresses forward, Mikel specifically can go back to that match, rewatch video and just say, hey, listen, like this is, we played well, right? We can mm -hmm. take away from these positive, these strengths. Um, and yeah, the Zurich match was a little strange, but, you know, again, it's it's Europa League. They were up for it. We had such a changed you know, lineup that we just knew it wasn't going to be as, as fluid. I, I'm personally going into Brentford. I think it's a good thing for us to have this, this break because it allows some of the players to get back to fitness. Um, I'm a little bit more worried more of the break than I am the United result because we were on a good run. I think if we played immediately after Zurich, it would have just kept our momentum going. 
Um, so yeah, that's what I'm more concerned about is this little break that we're going to have just because, mm. you know, I think the more we play, the the, be- the better we're going to play. Um, and again, the Zurich game wasn't ideal, but I don't see us last season winning that match. It's a draw because we weren't that good. And I just think there's that mentality to, to just keep fighting. So it's exciting again. Mm, it is, yeah. Who are we um, losing to seven one today? <laughs> Brentford. Oh, <laughs> I, Mike keeps saying that it's Sunday. I thought it was Monday. I'm just confused. Uh, it's it's Monday as we record, but it's I'm Sunday as this goes out. Yeah. <laughs> so professional. I'm going with the time that it that it's be, that it's being aired. I mean, that's what we do. So I love um, how Mike's traveling the world with a microphone. I, I am. You used to have like a stand microphone, but you've actually like taken real care of this handhold one now. Well, the, no, the the, uh, the 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 professional one I left at home for this trip. This is uh, a rock band. I can imagine like Steph's like, "Hey, Mike, we leave in two days. We're going to be gone for three weeks. We're going to like four different countries and a couple different states. Do you, are you packed?" Bell microphone. He's like, "I'm good. I'm all done." Yeah, yeah. that really needs. Well, no, well, no. no, no. What happened was she says, "Are you ready to go?" And I said, "Yes, I'm ready to go." Hello, welcome <laughs> to our vacation. We're going to be having, and uh, we're looking forward to three weddings and three football matches and a fundraiser and uh, and, and uh, yeah. What do you think, Steph? Oh, I love it. <laughs> Um, for those that are listening on audio-only platforms, imagine Mike holding a microphone and then holding it to the camera. Um, That's Drew, a professional right there. Absolutely. We're all imagining that anyway because I weave, <laughs> I weave the visuals, you know, in such a way that, that absolutely, uh, I didn't need to do that. I just, just no. uh, was it audio? Oh, that was actually insult. That was insulting to our listeners. I apologize, uh, Drew. Uh, of course, that Man United game you referenced a second ago being a bit of a, a pain, and there was a reaction, a significant reaction. It was, I'll tell you what, it was the longest five-hour drive home I've ever had. It was disgusting genuinely trying to stay awake at 1am driving home was not nice at all uh, especially after you've lost the game but what I felt was worse was this kind of sense that oh Arsenal have had one big test they failed that big test it's all been kind of an illusion how good they've been how did you kind of assess that defeat and where it leads us Uh, look uh, it's tough for me because like (laughs) You're not gonna. I, I swear, football fans think you're just gonna win every match, <laughs> and then when you when you lose to a rival, all of a sudden it's like the world exploded. And yes, no one wants to lose to United, but any of us in this, obviously, in this podcast, don't want to, given the sort of Premier League rivalry that's involved. But it's difficult. You know, a lot of people kind of look United at them now, and they and they think that they're kind of like a wounded bear, so to speak. You know, that they're there for the taking. But the reality is. <laughs> you can bend them all they want, but they did bring in quite a few good players this summer. Ten Hag is a very good manager. He just didn't hit the ground running for a lot of issues that have nothing to do with him as well. The club is a mess. It doesn't mean that he's a poor manager. It doesn't mean the players are poor. If they get if they get running and going as they can, it's going to be difficult to beat them. So, And they already hit some sort of form when we came into that match. Old Trafford is a tough place to play. These are all kind of contextual things you have to realize. That said, I do think... If we do have any ambitions on, I don't think our goal is to win the league this year, but I do think if you would ask Arteta, we would say Champions League is the minimum and then anything fourth and up, you know, is kind of a blessing, so to speak. Um, I do think even if you go and lose, maybe you want maybe you want to see something more, you know. Um, I do think it was a bit of a sucker punch for the result, as, as you say, but I don't think you can really draw too much from that. Um, 
I don't know. I'm not I, as usual. I don't typically freak out about poor results. Um, sometimes goal lines sort of flatter to deceive as well. Um, I'm not taking much away from that. I think what I want to see is how we bounce back from that. I think we've already alluded to that before as well. And the key is, and in, in seasons past, and yes, under Arteta as well, irrespective of the, the Emery era and, and the tail end of the Wenger era, we would sometimes one poor defeat would end up in three, four, and five poor defeats. Mm-hmm. So for me, if we want to have a yardstick about where we're headed, particularly this season, I want to see how we bounce back in the next match. If we come out all guns blazing, get a strong result, and immediately put it behind us, that to me shows us that we've actually matured as a side and that Arteta has matured as a manager. If we sink to another defeat, then I'm going to maybe be a little bit worried. I'm not going to freak out yet, but it'll be a bit telling if, if, if we kind of, if that one that one issue kind of carries over and you could maybe make the argument that maybe it did against Zurich, but I don't know. Your away days are difficult, you know, and also it's the second string side. So how much can you really draw from that? What I want to see is when the first 11 comes back in, in the league, what they do there matters to me more than what happened at Old Trafford for me. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because had we've actually played the Everton game, um, the weekend just gone you know it would have been ironically the same two games that we then lost to Man United away from 0-3-2 last season we then played Everton I know it was away but it would ironic have been a game to respond against we now instead go away to another side that beat us last season in Brentford Mike. And they're good and they're tricky oh, and it's it's a big test. No, Brentford are tricky. That's a big test as well. And again, it's, it's a great test. And and if not for that game being played later today, um, <laughs> the, um, see how do you pay attention? <laughs> if if not for that game being played and that test being put in front of us, we really would kind of have have lost everything from the first five or six weeks of the season because we we'd go from a disappointing loss that we've all talked about you could take positives out of and then literally had you know four three or four weeks until the next game which is another outlier that you almost can't you can't see any you know any rhyme or reason about it which is a north london derby um i'm I'm really really happy that there's i mean there should have been four games in between but i'm happy that there'll be one or two if you include zurich because that is kind of what the team needs to understand where where it stands. Um, to go straight into a North London derby, even with it at home, uh, is is less than ideal. To to be able to come and say, hopefully, we played a team that is not easy to go to and beat in Brentford, but they're certainly a team that we should go and beat. Uh, we go and do that, then I think all the confidence comes back, stays with us through the international break. And we go into the to the derby with with a positive feeling. Otherwise, we almost feel like you know it's like when you you know when you're really getting along with somebody and one bad thing happens or one weird thing happens and it's like how do we get that back? So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I I and I agree with everything that Drew said with regards to the bounce back ability because this team's weakness in the past has been getting into its own head, forgetting what it is and who it is and what they're capable of and not playing to their potential when, when they're playing lesser teams. And, um, and that's what I think Zinchenko and Jesus and the continued evolution of this team is starting to stamp out is those mental hiccups that come uh, at, at times of adversity. So Brentford is going to be a massive test. It's, a, it's an early game, which I hate uh, for many reasons, but I hate it for Arsenal. And, um, you know, we'll see. But... I, I, I agree this is a massive 
it's very important that this game be played. Mm, indeed. Yeah, can I ask you guys something quick? To like, sorry, just to get you brought Sunday, it up, and then Mike, Andy, it's yeah, Sunday it's right now. <laughs> okay, and that was it. That was my question. No. Um, <laughs> aside from City, is there any other team in the league that you've seen play over the, over the first five six matches that you thought I'm afraid? Because no. I mean, Pool is the only other one that I'm kind of on the fence with. Where I'm like, if we catch them on our best day, and, and like. Hand. Like Jesus versus Van Dyke right now, I'm like, bring that on because I want to see that yeah. before Van Dyke yeah, takes yeah. like his head out of his butt. But ultimately, there's no other team aside from City that I'm looking at and I'm thinking we should be afraid. Now, going yeah. to Northland and Derby, I could see us being the, the, the atmosphere and the actual grandeur of the event, but there's no team where I'm like, they're better than us. Mm. You know, I could see us dropping points to Chelsea, I could see us dropping points to Liverpool, United, because they're good teams. But they shouldn't be beating us like they have years past. The problem is, though, Andy, like October, where we play Spurs, Liverpool and City, unless the City game is obviously moved because of the PSV rearrangement, they're mm. all in a month where we have nine games. Like, yeah, that sucks. And that's the problem is that, yeah, I agree. On paper, say opening day of the season, if, or say, let's say two or three games into the season like we did, have we come up against a City, a Liverpool, even Spurs, you know, I would have been sitting there going, oh, we can win this. We can absolutely win mm-hmm. this game. But the problem is when we go into October and we play Spurs on the 1st of October, but a glimpse on the 6th, Liverpool on the 9th, but a glimpse again on the 13th, Leeds on the 16th, Man City on the 19th, Southampton away on the 23rd. PSV are, they not, are, away. They, are they not faced with the same though? I mean, they've got they've got Champions League fixtures, I hate to say. but uh... Yeah, they do. They do. You're right. But I think obviously there's also that argument that the Thursday, Sunday or is, is a worse kind it's of... It's tricky. Well, it's, it's, it is worse than Tuesday, Saturday. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally there's amazing. also the context about the midfield question also a lot of people don't really realize going to Bodo and pushing winter is horrendous so that's also I'm praying the, the worst, and get their manager please it's the, yeah it's the worst time to travel to, to north of the arctic circle and we might get lucky and end up playing in glimp that day though um, <laughs> much much more they have an indoor stadium so it's much, much better <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's tricky. So, it, um, to answer your question, just for me, Andy, no, I don't look at any other side of the Premier League at the moment, and I'm not afraid. But as, as Tom did say, timing is everything. If if we had this same fixture discussion at a, at a later date, maybe you're not as worried. But on paper, no, I think I think Spurs play absolutely dire football, and you're squeaking results. Fair play to them. Yeah, fair play to them for getting the results, but. Yeah, toe-to-toe, we should be beating Spurs. And they're the kind of side that will frustrate us into getting a draw. And that's going to suck maybe. But no, I don't look at the same thing. I don't look at Liverpool right now. I, I see weakness. I look at other teams around us, Chelsea as well. You know, who knows who's going to get as their next manager, If it's, even if it's someone like Pochettino. I don't think that they're Chelsea? so... Um, they got Potter. Not, I'm not, sorry, not Chelsea. I'm, I don't know what I'm thinking of. I forget. Anyway, well, he will um, be. He will be. He will be fired by Christmas. I know we're recording that shit of time, but we're not going that far back. This <laughs> <laughs> was recorded before last year's Brentford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, Lampard's still the manager. For me, I think the the people that were traditional rivals with currently over the last couple of years, I see a lot of imbalance, and I see not expensive football. I see sides that are geared towards results. But so, yeah, as, as we've already said, we should be beating them when we go toe-to-toe. But mm. it's tricky. It's the Premier League. It, I'm not, I'm not worried about any of those other teams 
I am worried about us though. Uh, and and yeah. you know, yeah. the it, it won't be the players and it won't be the tactics that cause us to drop points against any of the teams, including, you know, potentially teams like Leeds or other teams in October. It's going to be our mental toughness and our ability to handle the adversity of fixture congestion and a lack of depth uh, potentially in certain positions that we've done to ourselves in a, in, in, in deference to a greater scheme of not buying players just to buy them. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough to manage Um, be kind of an interesting year to maybe like for some behind the scenes video or something that, that we could find out at the end of the season. And maybe even if they did one this season, maybe Tom could get on it. Oh, you're huge going to keep bringing this up. Like, honestly, I, I don't know. Like, I, you're you know, not getting to me, all right? You know, maybe this year, Tom, it'll be Tom's. Goodness, Look, it is. Guys, I just think it's nice that we're doing, a, we're doing a podcast and Tom's not playing FIFA. That's what I'm. Well, I talk about growing. reaching back and bringing things up repeatedly. Wow. Yeah. All right. Back, back, back five years. <laughs> well, I'm Tom's FIFA like, you played FIFA once years. three years ago. And here's where uh, we Yeah, it genuinely was about three years ago now. <laughs> I gave it up. I think I, down- was it five I, think I downloaded ago? the game just for that tournament and then just deleted it during the tournament. <laughs> That's how it worked. <laughs> Yeah, unbelievable. Um, let, let's talk a little bit more about the Brentford game a little bit later on today. Um, Andy, they, as I've mentioned, you know, they they smashed Man United um, and it was a Man United team that were in a very, very different state to what they are in now. Um, and it's also, I suppose, a, a different kind of Brentford team to, to what state they are in now because Brentford have suffered some disappointing results. They're not going... You know, I know they're 13th in the table, but they've picked up nine points so far out of a, a possible 18, of course. Their wins have come against Leeds in a kind of a crazy 5-2 win. That United game I, I talked about, and then three draws against Leicester, Everton and Crystal Palace, uh, all of which were score draws. They can't really stop the goals going in, which I think potentially is our biggest in in this game, if you know what I mean. Do you want to answer the question, question Andy? Or... Yeah. <laughs> you meant to go, yes, Tom. Yes, I agree yeah, with you. And here's totally. why. <laughs> well, but, sorry, repeat it again. I was paying attention. Like, where do you think the weaknesses is? are going to be for Brentford? And where do you think we're going to be able to utilize our strengths? Um, is that good enough? Is that, is no, that yeah, right? no, no. I, yeah, no. I Honestly, like, Tony's had a great start to the season, but I don't see him troubling... Yeah, create creatively. Like I don't see where they can a, a, attack our back four. Like I, I just, I genuinely don't. I, Tony's played really well. I just don't see where it could come from. And then, um, you know, Brentford. It's funny because Mike always says how he doesn't like fantasy, but you know, they have such good defenders from a fantasy perspective. And and this season, I'm again, I'm like, I just don't see where in their squad they can contain Jesus. And then if for some reason they do, we have Martinelli and Saka just, just spreading them wide. And, like, it's just we're so dangerous. And then if Odegaard's healthy, we've got the, him pushing as well. I just – I don't see how they're going to be able to handle us. Last year they were really con- – like, their shape was really good. They were able to just tuck in. And I just – I don't see that this year. I don't think they can get us on the counterattack. I just I, – I could see this being a 3-4-0 comfortable win for us. Mm. Well, I mean, as as we record, so I'm wary of talking about team news too much, uh, but as of the 12th 
Uh, our good friend of the show, James Benj, has tweeted saying, I'm told Thomas Partey has returned to full training ahead of Arsenal's game against Brentford. So that would be a huge boost. Um, are if you, are you triple captaining Ben Me then, uh, Andy? Um, sorry, FIFA's loading. What? <laughs> no, Mike. I the players um, get off the bus. You could just tell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that answer. I really, for those listening that have no idea what we're talking about, basically, we did a podcast on Mike's show. I genuinely wasn't playing FIFA. I was just not listening <laughs> to what was happening, and they asked me a question. I just said something about players getting off a bus or something, didn't I? <laughs> you know. I mean that's that's the go-to when I mean that's that was the pulling a Tommy, uh, of, mm. of, of of the show before the Webby was created. Indeed, <laughs> um, Drew. When it comes down to Arsenal's kind of ability in games when they do concede to fall apart, we've not yet faced that besides the United game, and even then, you know, we conceded, we came back, we, we got an equaliser, and it was kind of our kind of our desperation to try and win the game. And I think that there was that sense. I was listening to the Arsenal vision and I think I think it was Clive that was talking about um, the fact that there was kind of such a clear, like, oh, bloody hell, we can actually win this game. We can go and beat Man United at Man United. And then because of that exuberance to try and win, we left ourselves so open at the back and they counted. If we do concede against Brentford, do you have a fear that that could still kind of creep into our game? Or do you feel as though that there's enough learning in this side that they would have taken that lesson from Old Trafford? I think there's enough learning in this side, but it's also up to Arteta as well. And uh, as much as I think he's coming as a manager, he still, I think, has a few things he has to learn, and that comes with time. You know, he's still a very young manager. So, um, you know, it's up to us as, you know, we top the table with a dominant side on paper. So we do, we should go out and impose ourselves. And I think you need that kind of, that aggression if you want to go on and achieve something considerable this season. So I think we do need to go on and kind of impose ourselves, similar to maybe our thoughts at you know, Man United, but there has to be balance as well. We have to note that Brentford are a good side. Tony is going to cause issues. It's going to be a big test for Saliba as well. Um, they're capable on the counter. They do have pace on the flanks, so they're also very well drilled. It's going to be a, a, tough, a tough, tough battle. So it's got to be about balance as usual. You still need to highlight what your strengths are. You want to impose stuff. You want to go out and play. That's what Arsenal used to do year on year. You know, in, in the glory of Zander Wenger, it didn't matter who we came up against. United as well. We went out and we imposed ourselves. Spurs, same thing. Like we weren't afraid of anybody. Mm. So if we want to have that kind of, I don't, I hate this word. God, I hate it. But we want to have that kind of swagger that you need. You have right. to go out and you have to, you know, kind of put your best foot forward. But. I think for me, sometimes Arteta struggles with the balance. Sometimes he, he wants to be too aggressive, or sometimes he wants to be too reserved. And, and when both either of those things happen, typically we suffer for it. So if he can just maybe tweak it just a bit, find a better balance, allow ourselves to still go out and be aggressive, but also not kind of shirk what we know Brent we're going to bring to the table, I think we'll be fine. So um, I think it's a good learning test on multiple levels. This is another one. Tactically, it's a very, very good test for us to kind of, again, tweak things that we know aren't working, but um, also put faith that and what we know that does. And I think we can't be afraid to do that. Mm. Um, I will get predictions from you guys as the last question in the show in, in a bit. I did want to touch upon kind of the postponements and the congestion of fixtures that we face. Mike, I mean, what if, firstly, I mean, and fillers go to as in-depth or as little depth as you like on your opinion about the postponements, but what do you make of the decision-making around not only this weekend we're seeing some games go ahead? I mean, I find it a bit strange that Brentford can play Arsenal in London 
uh, well near to London, of course. And but Man United can't play their game uh, against Leeds in Manchester. I find that a bit strange. Um, but maybe I'm being naive. Um, what do you make of kind of the decision making around these games? And of course, the PSG <coughs> game that today we found out on Monday uh, isn't going to be going ahead later this week. That, I mean that that one seemed like it. I know there's not a whole lot of advance notice, but that one seemed like they could have just flipped the two fixtures uh, home and away with PSV. Um, I mean, people will say like, oh, what about people traveling? But I'm like, well, they're going to cancel it anyway. Like, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do, I do feel, I mean, you know, I know a a couple, David and Laurie, who uh, uh, the Ziegler's are, are, were going to be in at the Everton game and the PSV game. They're in London. Uh, they know how are they going time. home before the Brentford game? Yeah, I mean they, they have they, they yeah, and and they know how to have a good time in London, but they were certainly counting on 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 two games. Yeah, um, and uh, and and it's it sucks for those people, but uh, you know I, I don't know enough about the the police elements. You you I think you can always point out some inconsistencies in how these decisions are being applied across multiple sports across multiple cities. Uh, if I am familiar correctly with the procedure, I think the queen uh, will be, you know, in in lying in state or something in, in in Scotland for a while, and then going down to London. And I don't, I just don't know how any of that works. So maybe that explains why certain non-London games are are being postponed and others aren't. Um, you know, I, I just don't have the energy with this to to get in. I mean, it's, it's different than mm. COVID. It's different than the whole Liverpool fiasco with nine negative false positive tests or whatever. Mm. That This is just, it is what it is to me. And I just can't, I can't get involved in all the fuss about it. Um, fortunately, mm. it doesn't affect me in a, in a, in a, in a financial way or a travel way. I, it would have had this happen two weeks earlier and then I would have a very different opinion on it because it you know it would be personal to me but i you know i just you said you know give as little or as uh, as much of feedback i've given a lot of feedback but very little actual information <laughs> that's fine we, we haven't been given that much information so it's it's completely fair that we that we aren't able to give it i mean andy i'm looking forward to the user questions though at the end of the podcast oh yeah the non-existent ones that you know you're answering them right now mike in the chat remember uh, that's oh, your yeah, job no, that's, that's true, okay. it is, yeah i'm up at 3 a.m for you the listener for the tgt family exactly Community. andy the PSV game has to be rearranged in some sense. There's rumours, and of course, by the time the show goes out, maybe we know how it's being rearranged, but there's rumours that it will require potentially the Carabao Cup game against Brighton to get moved or the Manchester City game to get moved because there are no spaces. There are literally no spaces between now and the World Cup after the international break to move this game. And is this is this kind of football and the organization of FIFA with the world cup and UEFA with the Europa league and the condensed kind of group stage? Is it the premier league? Is it the FA, you know, that, that they've been too ambitious to try and fit too much football. And is it fair on the players that this much football is happening? I think it's a combination of all those authorities, but with the world cup happening, you would think the FA and I completely understand why they did what they did, right? But I also, like, I think with the World Cup, they should have turned around and said, we get that this is the time where a lot of people in England are mourning whether or not you like or dislike the royal family. But as Peter Crouch said, like, 
let's celebrate our life with football. She was a football fan. Like this is a great way to send off and, and just have kept the fixture list normal. So this wasn't an issue. I understand the whole police presence thing, I think is why some of the matches are being called off, but it doesn't make sense to me. And like, especially with the PSV thing. Yeah. Why not just switch the fixtures? Like you mm-hmm. said, it was getting canceled anyway, right? So it's not like people and, – and if our, if the Cronkies really wanted to jump in, they would have said, hey, we'll, we'll reimburse for your travels to get over there, you know, because yeah. you sometimes hear clubs that do that. But, yeah, that, I mean, it's awful because, like, when are we going to fit that in? It is absolutely absurd. I don't typically feel bad for the players for playing all the football. We have a big enough squad we can rotate, and the professional athletes getting paid millions of pounds with scientists and nutritionists who are helping them go through these – like crazy amount of fixtures. I don't feel bad for them and their bank accounts from that perspective personally. But I do think like the authorities kind of mess this up a little bit because don't say like, Hey, the government's going to let us let you play your sports and then go, well, hold on a second. We don't want to do that. That just seems wrong to them. Why could they not? And, and this is the only opinion I'll, I'll put forth with regards to this entire queen thing. Mm. Did, did no one think to like, ask her what her wishes would be if you know were it to happen yeah, yeah. like like like, like are, you know at if you happen to pass away i mean you're 96 if you happen to pass away during certain sports seasons would you want there to be a two-week mourning period or would you not because if i mean if if, if she had weighed in with that or if the if the if the monarchy or the 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 you know the palace had weighed in with that mm-hmm. then that would have given cover to every single individual if she said they wanted games to go on then the premier league is not going to get criticized for playing games and if people boo at those at certain games in certain cities as i know has been uh conceived of uh which would you know many people would find distasteful it's not the premier league's fault for playing the games they're doing what the queen wanted so why why was that my, not my a guess she said 90, she that, took 50 some odd years to arrange that my guess is that she probably as a fellow gooner said whatever helps our some of the most cancels the games we got to get party back and healthy okay <laughs> don't like what's happened in the midfield since he's been gone respectfully just get everything canceled and let him get back to fitness that, you're, you're, um, that, that's actually that, that so is, no alarm, that is what it is I think that from my perspective my criticism goes to the government you know the government left it up to the sports organisers if the government had turned around and said this is what we're doing across the board of sports for these two weekends follow it then it's not down to those but as as I'm not going to get too political but it's unsurprising to see them shake responsibility for something um, Drew before we go to predictions kind of give me your, your final thoughts and confidence about not just Brentford's but the rest of the season considering how congested it is now going to be it's tough um but uh i kind of started with andy on this one you know any sporting organization would look at any kind of scheduling situation and say can we handle congestion right and as as andy says you know you've got sports scientists you have ridiculously well-funded physio departments you know athletes can handle things and they're highly monitored so if athletes can't Arteta's going to know about it, and I think we'll be okay. We're not the only club that has to deal with this. Every club has to, obviously, so there's not much more to say on that for me. But I think overall, though, um, I think Mike does make kind of a fair point of, you know, it, with things like this, maybe some sort of pre-planning would have been better, um, especially given how 
closely linked to life in the UK is, or any major European nation is, how, how football is, particularly with the Premier League. Um, I don't know, congestion, it is what it is. Uh, a lot of leagues have it worse off. You know, if you, if you play uh, in Sweden, you, your season is only five and a half months and you're playing twice a week, every week, uh, because they can't physically can't play in winter. <laughs> So it's difficult. So if, if other clubs can go through very difficult fixture congestion periods, I think Premier League outfits should be able to do the same thing. So I don't feel bad for the players, obviously. Um, but however, I do think moving forward, for whatever, whether it be a, be a political issue or COVID or whatever it might be, I do think that uh, an institution as gigantic as the FAA you know, and the Premier League as a whole need to do a better job in conjunction with whatever other government organization it might be to come up with better contingency plans, given whatever scenarios might arise. I think that needs to be fixed. Overall, though, congestion is what it is. You make do. Everyone's affected by it. So I'm not too fussed about it. Fair enough. We'll see how it affects Arsenal over the course of this season. Um, let's end the show with predictions. Mike, Brentford away later today. What are your scores for the state of play? Um, two two scores. Gonna go with the two two. Um, scores for well, Tony will get two for them because he's the only guy I know that plays for them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, and uh, and he'll tweet something rude, uh, that will help us beat them later in the season, uh, when it's put up on the bulletin board. For us, uh, I will go with Gabby Jesus with one, and the other one will be uh, – we're going to go with uh, Gabriel. Lovely stuff. Andy. Any of the Gabriels. It's just got a gun. I get all three. Andy, prediction and scorers? We'll go three nil. I think Sokka's going to break his, uh, his, his goal drought. I'm gonna go Martinelli with one, and then I'll he scored go... the last time he played, dude. Who? Saka. Yeah, yeah, he did. Last time he played a whole game. Scored against United. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what, guys? I don't need to be ridiculed coming up. From... <laughs> <laughs> it's taken 48 minutes, but he's broken. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are always mean to me. I no, didn't I'm come go... here. My disembodied head didn't come onto this podcast <laughs> to be ridiculed. All right. Tom's making fun of the grass length in Colorado. I just I feel bullied. No, I'm going to go 3-0. Saka, Martinelli, and then Party's going to score on his return. Lovely. With his foot or with his head? Has he scored with his feet yet? For well, us? Um, yeah. He's it's gonna be one of his, one of his fifty yard bombs is finally gonna go in. <laughs> that'll be the, that'll be, Ooh, the, yeah, that'll be when I say we've turned the corner. Sign of the apocalypse size. Drew. I think Mike's on to something. You know, Brentford have the, the, the second most goals in the Premier League. They have more goals than we do. They're not going to be easy. So I, I do think we'll win. I think it'll be two nine one. of them in two games. Yeah, I'm I know. Not but on to anything, it, I pick two two every time I'm asked for a score prediction. Fair. So. Listen, I was trying to give you credit, but if you want to take it back, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I know they scored nine in, in, in two games, but it does show that they do have a lot of attacking potential. I think Tony will probably score, but I think we'll be all right. I'll go with two one. I think. So Jesus is going to break uh, his his lack of goals, and I do. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna go with a brace. 
he's up against Pontus Jensen. If he can't roast Pontus Jensen and multiple times, <laughs> and then me, he, I think he should. I think he'll have a good day at the off. So I'll go with the Savior's Grace. Mm. It'll be my call. Yeah, it's, from the looks of things, it's going to be Gabriel Martinelli up against Aaron Hickey, of course. So the narrative, yeah, big of test for Hickey as well. Then, uh, and then on the left hand side is Rico Henry, isn't it? So I hope, uh, I hope Hickey sucks. <laughs> I hope he's awful. <laughs> I hope that all my tactical breakdowns meant nothing. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for a 3-1 win. Uh, Jesus with a couple and Saka uh, to get on the score sheet as well. Tony, as you say, probably going to get the goal. Or Mbwemo, he always manages to... He's just something yeah, about him against Arsenal. And he's, he's a decent player. Um, so yeah, 3-1. Uh, that's going to wrap up today's show. Um, thank you so much for listening, people. Apologies that this isn't live, but I'm sure that Mike's been answering your questions in the chat box. No pressure now, Mike, to actually show up on that day. Uh, Mike, thank you for your time. At 3.30 in the morning, so you're probably getting, uh, as, as Andy likes to call, Merlot, Mike, at the moment <laughs> oh no goodness me goodness me so, you know we get those like spammers spam bots in the chat i'm gonna be able to do nothing about them <laughs> to, yeah, that's gonna be interesting no so, whatever so name xxx emojis yeah and, emojis. Andy, andy and i are gonna start tweeting a day before and just invite all spammers to come into the into, <laughs> like if you want to ply your wares uh this is the time to do it yeah, have to work out something with that. Goodness. Andy, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man who doesn't podcast anywhere else, so I appreciate you jumping on it. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Short and sweet. I love it. Drew, thank you for your time, my friend. Always good to have you back on the show, and hopefully I'll be able to see you next time. Yeah, I know. Listen, uh, I was actually just talking to my family about yesterday. I, I keep telling them how bad I feel that I couldn't make the wedding, and I'm absolutely like I'm annoyed at myself. So I'll be back in Europe in 2023. I'm specifically going to England for probably like a week just to see you. So I can't get I'll, married again. I'm just putting that. No, out no, no, no. But I'll make I, I'll I make sure to buy you your, lots of beers. I enjoyed your <laughs> dinner plate, by the way. Uh, it was too late for them not to serve the extra uh, dinner plate. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? I didn't know that happened. No, it's not. It's not true. Oh, I was going to say, I didn't think we had plates. It I did, I did drink like, all of Drew's alcohol, though, that day. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. He drank your worth of alcohol. That's for sure. Did he? Well, um, I'm glad I get out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, do drop a like on the video. I hope you enjoy the rest of the pre recorded content that's going to be going out. Of course, do bear in mind that the Brentford result will not be known throughout them, but we've got some great content with some great guests um, and, of course, a loan update as well, which will probably be two days after. If there is any more up-to-date content it will be the reaction to the Brentford game which I will sneakily try and record for you whilst I'm away um, but that could be interesting we'll see you soon a fantastic one and as always of the Arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.